Welcome to the Wildcast Podcast, coming to you from Wildcast Studios with your hosts, Adam Lund and Jeremy Boucher. Welcome back to Wildcast Studios for another episode of the Wildcast Podcast, presented by Alpha's Appliance Solutions. Right now, to the end of the year, they got the Gen Air Luxury Redefined event. Uh, Save 10% when you purchase one, 15% when you purchase two or three, 20% when you purchase four, or 25% when you purchase five or more eligible Gen Air products. In store only, 25 Halifax Street, Moncton, New Brunswick. I am your host, Adam, and I am joined by your favorite co-hoster and writer for Rocket Sports, Mr. Jeremy Boucher. Uh, Before we started this, sir, I hear you bought every single piece of Christmas item in Canadian Tire. Good Lord, man. (laughs) Well, I went on there. I was just looking for, just looking at something for my wife. God rest her soul. Uh, and ended up walking out of there with, um, you know, almost $500 worth of, cool. uh, decorations. Uh, how it happened. I don't know. We won't even be here for Christmas. That's the worst so part. Why yeah, do we and I are too. Yeah. But really at the same time, it's, this is really the first Christmas in about 10 years that we can mm. actually decorate, uh, and present it to neighbors and cars that are driving by. So yeah. We figured we'd go uh, buy some buy some stuff. So we bought some lights, bought uh, an inflatable Santa, inflatable snowman, and a bunch of indoor stuff too. Well, total yeah, of four hundred sixty-seven dollars. Cool. Yeah, we're doing the, we're the same thing. We're going back to Alberta for Christmas, and so we didn't go spend that much. Um, but again, you are the true last family man. Um, but I I did let you know that I did buy something for you for Christmas. Oh, you did? I did. Okay. So, um, not putting any pressure. I spent a whopping like $18 on you. So, well, that's um, $18 more than what you should have spent on me. (laughs) But I thought, you know what? You got a new house. I'm going to get you something nice and small uh, for Christmas. So, um, just how my wife likes them. (laughs) Hey, which uh, I mean, I'm sure at this point the listeners want to know will the doll make an appearance and a rebrand uh oh, for christmas you know what it's um it's it's still sitting on my front step yeah uh a little limp you know <laughs> seems to have broken uh probably yeah. has a broken back by now but yeah uh, i've been uh, thinking about doing something with it uh, i don't exactly know what i haven't really given it some thought uh but uh, i don't know we'll see I might uh dress it up like uh, like santa and throw it on the roof <laughs> And she's just hanging, really, uh, just put it like the Christmas lights where she's hanging down like she's well, hanging off the roof. That's actually not a bad idea. I uh, I like that idea. Just, you know, it doesn't have to be inflated. Just no, no. Just let, let the yep. body hang and obviously dress it up a little bit first. So nobody, Obviously. Nobody thinks it's a naked person <laughs> on the roof, even though that would be pretty funny. Although, have you seen those videos where like people do that in the United States and like, yeah. they actually call the cops and the cops show up? Well, and, it's the U.S. Yeah. People get in a lot of trouble. Yeah. Uh, for doing that, and uh, I mean, tell all our listeners as well. I mean, you had a much better week than I did. Mm-hmm. I just worked all day, um, but you worked all day. But you worked in the booming metropolis of middle of nowhere, New Brunswick. Yes, I was in Doak Town, New Brunswick, all last week. Yeah. Beautiful town, beautiful people. Uh, there was a uh, one restaurant open. On Mondays and Tuesdays and Wednesdays, so we were there pretty much 
every meal. It ended up being, uh, you know, I, I had a bit of a sore tummy <laughs> by the end of the week. Did but. you at least try everything on the menu, like TV style, where you're like, I'm going to get this, and then this, and then this? Or did you just have the same thing over and over again? Well, it's, you know, you if, if, you, if you try, you kind of have to try something different on the menu, right? Mm-hmm. It's all part of the experience, honey. Uh, <laughs> and... Um, yeah, so the first night I was there, I was feeling, you know, a big juicy burger. You right. Know? And so I ordered a bacon double cheeseburger. And it was like this high. It was, mm. it was a pretty pretty sick, pretty nice sized burger. Yeah, yeah. But I asked the waitress, I said, can I add pickles to my burger? And she's oh, sorry, we don't have pickles. So I mean, I was like, well, you have deep fried <laughs> pickles as an appetizer. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, that's just an appetizer. I said, so I can't ask for you to add two deep fried pickles onto my burger. And she said, oh, I'm sorry, we can't do that. Well, can I order the appetizer, deep fried pickles? And she said, yes. So great. So I got my burger and I got mm-hmm. my pickles. My big at the pic- same time, or the bur- at the, the, at the same time. So they yeah. didn't bring the pickles out to let them get cold. Oh no, no, no. So so she clearly didn't catch on what you were doing. No. So I took two or th- how much? I think it was two or three of these deep fried pickles and put them on my burger. Right. Uh, and then suddenly this burger like that was like that. <laughs> and she came around and she said, how's food? It's great. I got my pickles on the burger. <laughs> she said, what do you mean? I said, I put my deep fried pickles on the burger. And she said, oh, well, geez, I should mention that to the chef. I said, well, it's not rocket science. Yeah. I mean, if you want pickles on your burger, right? just order deep fried pickles and put them on your burger yourself. And she's like, oh, maybe that could be a new uh, menu item. <laughs> if I didn't have pickles on your burger. So anyways, uh, great time. Great uh, great spot. Uh, there was one pub on the Thursday night that we went to called the Lower Ledge. Uh, the only pub in town where you can actually get a drink with your meal. When I say drink, I mean, you know, drink beer. Yeah. And so that was beautiful, beautiful restaurant. I, I can see why it's closed on Mondays, Tuesdays, and Wednesdays because it's probably not busy. But this place, I, I, I think, would be a very happening spot in, in the summertime. It's right along the river. They've got a beautiful patio with some kitchen table, uh, not kitchen table, excuse me. Uh, what are they called? Picking tables. Right. Where you can use some outdoor dining. Really, really nice spot. Doaktown. Underrated town, beautiful gift shop there. I spent like three hundred dollars on Christmas decorations there, <laughs> not including the th- the five hundred I spent today. So, put it all together, about eight hundred dollars in Christmas decorations in the past week. And you're not going to be here to enjoy them on Christmas. No, it's true. So, <laughs> we'll see. Oh man! All right. Well, that uh, for all of our fun during Christmas and um, while we head to Alberta and Ontario, respectively. Uh, don't forget, you can follow us on the, all of our social medias, Twinkton, Twitter, Moncton Wildcast, Instagram Wildcast Podcast, TikTok Wildcast Podcast, and of course, like and subscribe here on the YouTube. Click the little bell. You'll know when all these podcasts are coming out. We might go back to the lives there, but I had kind of a fun time doing it on Instagram. So we will see how that goes. Um, let's get to some news and notes from around the queue. News and notes from around the queue. So we had some coaching milestones in the queue uh, this past week. Yannick, Yannick Jean John is now uh, the second most head co- winning 
head coach in the queue. I swear I can read everybody. I swear <laughs> I can read. I, let me like I promise I can read. Um, seriously, That's three of the thimble. Yeah, of hang, the Griswold hang, family Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Holy shit! Where's the Tylenol? <laughs> <laughs> when I learn to read, everyone, you look out. Uh, a couple coaches got some milestone wins. As Yannick Jean is now second most winning head coach in the QMJHL with 570 victories. Uh, Jim Holton got the victory over us, which now gives him 300 wins. I believe Louis Robitaille just got 250 mm-hmm. on Monday uh, mm-hmm. with Cape Breton. So congratulations. And we, uh, Team White, uh, won the U17 gold medal with uh, Elliot, or Caleb Denoyer, uh, Richie Tebow, as well as five. Uh, Q players, Cole Chandler from Schwinnigan, Mattia Nobert from Berlinville, Emil Goutte uh, from Shakutami, and Alex Wang from Shakutami as well. Uh, Josh Fleming was named Scholastic Player of the Month for October. Nerd. <laughs> and uh, the QMJHL Team of the Week, uh, or the Mooseheads Team of the Week, I guess you can call it. Uh, Vitacek. Three games played, two goals, four assists. Repchik from Drummondville, five goals, two assists, three games played. Jordan Dumay, who is now the franchise leader in points in Halifax, which I give you to giving me a hundred guesses, I never would have guessed that player would lead the franchise in points with all the names that they've had that have ended up going to the NHL. So the names that they've had were two or three. Year season players, players yeah, right? Yeah. Brandon Benedict was 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. Yeah. Right? So let's say Connor Garland. Con- Connor Garland came here mid-season at 16. He was here at 16, 17, 18, 19. You put up points like that every year, you're going to be a top scorer on your yeah, franchise, right? So, like, there's – it'll be a while before someone comes and breaks – the numbers that Dume is putting up in Halifax. Oh yeah, because for... what is he at three three hundred three? I think yeah, it is. It's going to be a while before they get a player that puts up numbers like that. Yeah, I mean he, he's clearly going to be over four hundred, and yeah, it's going to be because he's mm-hmm. what a three year player. Yeah, he did that in three years. He was sixteen, seventeen, four years, three and a half years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's it's going to be a while. Yeah. Uh, so he had three goals and four assists uh, in his three games played uh, for the defenseman Alex Bernier. Of Baycomo, one goal, three assists in the three games. David Morvick, uh, four assists in those three games. And William Rousseau, 2 and 0, a .967 save percentage and a .76 goals against average. So mm-hmm. basically just unbeatable right now for the Huskies. Uh, the player of the week, shockingly, um, was Jordan Dumay of the Halifax. Mooseheads. How many times good. are we going to say that this year? Uh, over under four or over under seven more times. Is what? It's very possible. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. There's 22 weeks left in the season. So if we take the over under at uh, 10 and a half, are you taking the over or are you taking the under? I think they'll get tired of giving it to them. I'll probably take the under. Yeah. I was like, oh, it'll be easily over that. And then I started looking at the amount of weeks left. And I'm like, eh, it's going to be gone over Christmas for a while. So they'll have to give it to somebody else there. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I probably, I would think in, in the next 20 weeks or so, I'd, I'd probably say seven. Seven more times. So I'd take the under under on that uh, that as well. 
Um, yeah, that's kind of the quick uh, quick news of the week. Um, let's pivot. You want to get to a guest? Yes, please. All right, let's get like to uh, one of our guests. View from the other bench. All right, well, I mean, we have the Monctonian tournament coming up this week, and we've got some tickets to give away, so we thought, what better person to help us preview the tournament and talk about the host rally Moncton Nissan Moncton Flyers then head coach John DeCourcy. Mr. DeCourcy, first of all, thank you for taking the time to do this on what's probably a hectic week. Uh, welcome in. Hey, thanks, guys. I appreciate you having me on, and we appreciate the support for the Monctonian. So I guess my uh, my first question so far, um, teams 9-3, and three, you stumbled a bit this past week, but um, I guess just how would you assess, I guess, the first third of the season uh, as you get set for a tournament like the Monctonian? Yeah, um, you know, we're, we're fairly happy with where we are. I mean, the, the goal is always to get better and, you know, you want to improve uh, every game and, and continue that way throughout the year. Um, we've had a couple of losses our last two games, but uh, I think we had 50-some shots uh, in favor in the last two games. And so we've had some trouble scoring or you've run into a good goalie. So we won't, um, you know, we won't put everything on that. But, uh, yeah, I think we feel good about where we are. And uh, the Moutonians, uh, you know, it's a, it's a fun time of year. It's a, it's a great measuring stick to see where we are. You get to play the other teams, uh, top teams in Atlantic Canada. So it's a good benchmark to see where we're at this time of year. Just one one follow-up for me on that. You talked about playing other teams. Um, you know, I've, I've always said, a, as we lead into this tournament, when I do the color with, with Mike, so I want I want to ask you I guess finally do you find it a disruption in in the middle of the regular season games when you're so focused on playing these games working towards the Atlantics and obviously the uh, the national championship um, or is it just another challenge to get these players ready for the next level when you got to go to the Monctonian and then the Ice Jam in, in Nova Scotia? Well, the uh, the thing about playing tournaments is uh, you know like you mentioned uh, to get to the Atlantics you know you, you, the Atlantics are a tournament format where you've got mm-hmm. to play uh, five games in four days. Uh, if you get to the Telescope, it it's going to be seven games in seven days. Right. So this gives us an opportunity where you know we can play five, six, seven games over um, you know three or four days, and uh, it sort of gets you ready to do that as opposed to just playing a couple of games a week like a normal schedule would allow us. Right. Yeah, looking ahead to the Monctonian, uh, your tournament kicks off uh, Thursday night uh, against Central Ontario, uh, and then uh, Friday against uh, Seminar San Joseph, Fair, uh, Very Orr, and then uh, the Sydney Rush. Uh, what can you tell us against, uh, I guess, about the the teams that you're uh, you're, you're about to face? Yeah, usually uh, the well, Central Attack. There, they're a team that. Um... Central Ontario, kind of in the Pembroke area between Pembroke and Oshawa, kind of taking a big geography there, and they'll um, in Ontario a lot of the um, you know the top 15 year old kids will play U16 hockey, and then the under 18 teams they'll end up with a lot of 16 and 17 year olds. So we, we would expect the team would be a little bit older, and um, you know we've played uh, those Ontario teams quite a bit over the last number of years at the Moncton, so we, we would expect them to be uh, you know certainly a really good team and. We'll be in for uh, for a tough game on Thursday night. So, you know, like I was on the last the last game doing the color, and I and I made the, yeah. the comment that the names change, but the philosophy always stays the same. And you know, you you look at some of the players that you got coming up, and you got a very experienced defense core. But one of the guys that I was really impressed with was uh, Jacob Gucci. Um, big size, speed, um, does all the little things well. Just kind of talk about him playing and finding his role in in what's a pretty pretty veteran uh, decor you got there. 
Yeah, you know, we, we've had three uh, defensemen returning this year, which was a really good start. And then, um, you know, we have Caleb Sear, uh, who was with the U16 Thunderbirds last year. And then, of course, Zach Gill and Jacob Gucci uh, were the top 15-year-olds coming up. Um, Gucci is certainly, um, you know, a guy that's going to be one of the guys that scouts are going to come to see this week, all right? Like the, the high-end 15-year-olds are the guys that, uh, you know, scouts are looking for and they're, they're, they're undrafted and they'll be eligible for next year's draft. So he's a kid with size, good skill, you know, and when you have size and skill, like that's that's what everybody's looking right. for. Yeah, and uh, exactly. you know, he, he's really he's really good at getting pucks to the net. He's got a good shot from the point, and he has a fine. He finds a way of getting pucks through. And uh, yeah, he's uh, he's going to be an interesting player throughout the year for us. Yeah. You brought up uh, Zach Gill. Uh, obviously, you've had the pleasure of of coaching Dylan and, and also Spencer. Uh, you know, three three quality kids. Uh, what's in the water over there in Riverview to, you know, for, for three three kids like that of, of that quality to come out of a, such a small town? Well, you know, no, number one, it's like to get three right-hand defensemen like out of one family. I mean, that's to find. At home, right? That's, <laughs> yeah. a, that's an anomaly. But uh, they just, they all seem to follow each other and they all seem to get better, you know, once they um, sort of like second-year Bantam, you know, like when they're 14, you know, into their 15, 16 year old seasons, then they just seem to, to take off. And, uh, you know, Zach's, uh, you know, probably going to follow a, a similar path, you know, that his brothers did. And, uh, you know, they, they, they've all excelled when they've gotten to our team and, 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 uh, they've all ended up, to, you know, Spencer and, uh, and Dylan now having very successful careers in, uh, in the queue. And, uh, I, I've got to ask, uh, you know, we've seen you at, uh, you know, Wildcats training camps helping out and, uh, you've been around with the Flyers for a while. Um, how close have you come to, you know, making the jump to the, to the next level? Um, well, I, one of the reasons I go to the, the Wildcats training camp, really, I've been fortunate enough to, you know, they, they allow me to hang around there for the last four or five years. And, and I really do it like guys like Dan Lacroix, Josh Heptich, you know, Richie Tebow, they, you know, they, some of these guys have got, you know, especially Dan, Richie, they, they, they've worked uh, with NHL teams and pro teams and Josh has a lot of experience. So it, it's just good to, um, hang out with those guys to see how they do things. How do they think about hockey every day? How do they, uh, how do they evaluate players? Uh, you know, how are they, uh, how are they preparing their teams every day? And so that, that's really the fun part for me is just uh, seeing how they do those things. And then, you know, take those good ideas, take them back to our team. Um, you know, the goal with our team is to, is to get players ready for the next level. And so you, you have to understand a little bit um, what that next level is and what it means and, and help to prepare them for it. Yeah, and some of those players that, I mean, like I said to Jeremy off camera, I'm, I'm sure there's many that I don't know that made it to the next level. But since I've been here and since I've been calling games, I mean, you know, Preston Lounsbury, Luke Patterson, Cooper Cormier, who just scored his first, um, Wheeler. I mean, just how much involved are you getting these kids to the next level? And, and what is it about this program that's just continued to pump out so many good QMJHL players? Yeah, well, they, I mean, that's that's the number one priority. I mean, uh, you know, it's uh, it, it's fun to win, and uh, when you have a team, you know, it's a team sport, and you're trying to win. But it's the winning um, helps these players. You know, you try to put them in good spots, and uh, when you when you play in big games and big moments, and um, uh, you know, it's those are the things that prepare them. You know, if you're if you're done playing hockey in February because you're out of the playoffs in the first round or you know that kind of thing, well, your your players. Uh, that's not the best thing for them. If you, but if you're playing long stretches, you play in the Atlantics, uh, you get to play in big games, and uh, 
you know, those are the things that, that help prepare them for the next level. And, you know, if you're drafting at the, at the Q level, you're trying to build a winning program, then you want players that are winners, players that have right. come from yeah. good programs. And, and that's uh, that we, you know, we feel that, that that's what our role is, is to, is to get them ready and, uh, um, you know, and to show them what it's like. And, uh, you know, whether that's like, you know, we, we have strength and conditioning coaches and, and nutritionists and skills coaches and goalie coaches and lots of different folks that, uh, you know, that uh, we put in place. Uh, the success of the Moncton Flyers, it's a couple of things. Um, number one, you need good players coming through the system. And we've been very fortunate, you know, in the Moncton area over the last, you know, I've been there the last 15, 16 years that a lot of good kids are coming through. So that's number one. Right. But we have a group, um, you know, 15, 16 people, you know, besides, uh, you know, myself, other coaches and, uh, and uh, physiotherapists and trainers. And, you know, we've got a board of directors that behind the scenes do a lot of work and, you know, do things like run the Monctonian this week and help raise funds so that we keep hockey affordable. And so I, I tell people every day is that there's 15, 16 people like doing something today to help the Moncton Flyers be better. Right. And I think that's, that's the key to our organization, quite honestly. Yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, you were welcoming enough to, to show me the room and, and stuff like that. And it's it's basically, you know, a Q locker room in a very small space and you're you're just producing showing kids what it takes to get to the to get to the next level and it's you know, like I said many times, it's the names on the back don't matter. It's the system that these kids learn to play and and are able to have success at the next level and they learn that from going through this and and all u18 hockey um i started off at the top so i'll just kind of finish it with it just i mean the knights the wild the caps they're all kind of right in there with you i know a couple of the past years you guys kind of been a bit a step ahead or so um it kind of looks like this whole this league on a whole just uh kind of the competition's got a little bit better just how do you assess this uh this league so far moving uh moving into the tournament yeah, I think that the league this year there's there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of balance, you know. I mean, it's anybody can beat anybody on a given day, and I think that that's good, you know, a good competition. It's you don't want to you don't want to have easy games, all right. That doesn't help, and that's no fun for anybody. So I think you know this year I think it's going to be very competitive, and you know the focus for us is just to try to get better. You know, you've got to be uh, you've got to be better at the end. Okay, and and that's the that's the key. And it's like going into this tournament. Um, someone asked me the other day, okay, what what's the goal in the tournament? Well, the goal in the tournament is you got to get to the playoff round. Yeah. <laughs> and so you know you've got a three game round robin, and somehow you've got to come out of that. And you know you, you can't win the tournament if you're not in the playoff round. So our, our first goal is that you got to get to the playoff round, and you want to be playing on Saturday night. So that that's what we're focused on right now. Yep, that's uh, you can't win a championship if you don't get to the playoffs. So. And that's whether that's the season or whether that's in any of these tournaments. Um, obviously, I know you're very busy uh, in this week yep. leading up to it. You got a game, I guess, when this comes out tomorrow night. And so we really appreciate you uh, being a guest on our show and taking the time to uh, to promote the Flyers. And I mean, this the stage is yours if you want to kind of promote the tournament a little bit more there, John. Well, thank you very much, guys. We appreciate the support from uh, from both of you and appreciate and, and uh, congratulations to you guys for all the good work that you're doing and you get to talk about hockey every week <laughs> and uh, and you get to share that. So that that's great. And so, yeah, the Monto- 42nd uh, Bauer Monctonian uh, kicks off this Thursday and at 7 o'clock on Thursday night is our um, is the opening ceremonies and, and we'll be in that game against Central Ontario. So we'd like to see uh, a big crowd at the rink and uh, look forward to having a good weekend and, and thanks again to you guys. No problem, and you heard it right there, everyone. Get to that rink, and you don't see an Ontario team uh, that often again. Thanks for thanks for your time there, John. Okay, thanks, guys. Yeah. See ya. Thanks, John.
Thanks a lot again to John for uh, yeah. for joining us. Uh, we love, busy uh, week. yeah, hundred percent. You know, we love having guests, but uh, are they really guests, Adam? Because to me, they're family, <laughs> not just strangers off, off the, the street. street. Yeah, no, yeah. that's uh, that's exactly it. And like I've said many times, I mean, when I do the the color with with Mike, like it just doesn't matter the names. They play the same way. You know, they were supposed to be kind of a younger team this year, and Nika Jean, a prospect of the Wildcats, and Austin Sanchez, I mean, they're the top two scorers. I mean, it's going to be a good tournament. And like you said, they're playing Central Ontario. How many times do you see an Ontario team come through Moncton to play high-end hockey? The Wolves. The Wolves. The Wolves. Uh, no, you're right. They're, Central Ontario, I think they've been here before. Uh, I feel because like... I remember watching them. Because there was a kid I really liked on on their team maybe three or four years ago when I was, right. I was on uh, – I was on some of the Wildcat scouts to get him into town as a as a free agent. So I know they've been here before, uh, but at the same time, maybe it was a different team. No, they've been here before. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, no, they yeah they've been here before. Uh, but yeah, you're right. It's it's you know we get uh, that's not my full beer. This is my full beer. <laughs> yeah, my apologies. I was like, folks. Where are you going there? <laughs> this is one. That's what one can do for you. Uh, yeah. No, Central Ontario. Like exactly what uh, uh, Coach Corsi said. He's been doing, like he said he's been doing this for fifteen, sixteen years. He hasn't aged a day. No, you know he, he looks. <laughs> Winning um, will do that to you. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you don't have the stress of losing. But I think they're based out of Lindsay, Ontario. So, like he said, he's, he's they're kind of in that middle uh, between Pembroke and and Peterborough and Belleville in that area there. So there's probably some players that you know the the OHL has that U uh, eighteen draft. They've got their U yeah. their U sixteen, and they also have the U eighteen draft. So very possible that you know we see a player from that organ that from that team this weekend that you know maybe gets drafted at, at the uh, u18 level uh, seminaire San saw that's like a, a prep prep team in Quebec it's uh, it's so that's not the usual teams that no it's play, it's right? not it's prep uh, it's a so is that a, a step down I would, I would say, I would say that's that two part. steps down okay from from the AAA level in Quebec because you have the U18 level, then you have the what they what's called midget espoir, but then you have the, then you have the prep level. So I think it's prep. So it's level. different than the Flyers and the Vitos and then Rossay, right? Like that's a different. I would think it's between Rossay and the Quebec squad would be comparable, right? In terms of uh, of competition level, and then the Sydney Rush, it's Sydney Rush. Yeah, they're it's, we Nova don't, Scotia we, team. Yeah, and... not not from Australia. So uh, <laughs> good day, mate. Good day, mate. <laughs> I go throw some shrimp um, on the bobby. But yeah, I mean, we tried to have the uh, Movember donations as we started to kind of grow them. Didn't get any donations, so now we're gonna have a like and share post. So if you want to go to the Monctonian, um, and I'm not just not just one game or one day. These are four full weekend this includes passes. Championship Sunday. Yeah, this includes the Q Prospect game, I believe. Right. I, I, I hope so. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, this is. This is easily the cheapest way to see these games. But if you don't win these tickets uh, on our like and share post, this is the cheapest you're going to see the next level. Mm -hmm. So last year you had a chance to see Zach Wheeler, Cooper Cormier, mm -hmm. um, Preston Lonsbury a couple of years ago at five bucks. Yeah. Now you got to pay $20 to see them. And, mm -hmm. and that's the thing is you see these kids at U18 for the cheapest you're going to see. And then you're going to see them at the queue for even cheaper. Before they get to the next level, and that's that's why you got to support local. You got to support junior hockey. Mm -hmm. um, but speaking of junior hockey, we should probably talk about the junior hockey team, eh? That we're here for. 
Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. All right. Weekly Rewind. Sometimes I forget which drop is the loudest of them all. <laughs> um, but the Wildcats go 0-1, 0-1 on the weekend uh, to bring the record to 13-5, 1-1 for 28 points, which is now good enough for third in the conference, second in the Maritimes. Ah, another game versus the Islanders, another hard-fought game versus the Islanders. Uh, the Wildcats don't pull this one out. It's now three games on the season. They have one win, one OT loss, one shootout loss. But, I mean, this game... Like we've said, I don't know how many times we're going to look back on this uh, in March when we're kind of qualifying for the playoffs and we're getting close to clinching and getting close to clinch miss. And where's this extra point going to put us in the standings? And the worst part of it was it was five, two and they lost six, five in a shootout. And I think that is the worst part is again, they lost a lead at home and well, not lost a lead, but they just didn't play. 60 minutes, you're up 5-2, you should you, you score five goals, you should win that hockey game. Oh, 100%. Uh, I, I told you we should have went to Hawaii. Um, <laughs> you know, it's yeah. it's just one of those it's just one of those games where, you know, 5-2 lead. There was also I think it was a 4-1 lead as well. Uh but uh the one thing I took away from this game is there was no there was no in-game adjustment. Everybody knows that you know when a team pulls their goalie, it's gonna re- it's gonna energize that team, yep. and it energized the Islanders. And on the Wildcats side, there was you know there was no like I said there was no in game adjustment, nothing's changed. Um, it, it's kind of frustrating because you know it was yeah it was two points that really one point that that we lost and uh, they can be hard to find at the end of the season. But no, this is this is a game that we should have won. Uh, we let it slip away, uh, and it just, it just, you know, we'll say it again when we get into the Swinney game. It just wasn't good enough. No. You know, they let they took the, the the foot off the gas. I think they uh, they pulled the Leafs. You know, they saw four one lead being uh, being enough to win, and uh, it came back to really bite them in the ass. Yeah, and it's. It's not like it's that one team that you see twice a year. Like you know what this team is going to be, and and I said it on the live post game, and I you know I said it last week. I mean this the first game after a road trip is always the toughest. Well, guess what? Charlottetown had the exact same road trip, mm-hmm. and maybe it was a little bit easier for them to kind of be in that road road trip mentality. But Jesus, if shots were eighteen to nine for Charlottetown. Mm-hmm. Like if it's not for Keegan Warren, we're not talking about. A five-two lead that got away. We're talking about losing five-two, six-two. Yeah, like he was. You know, I I talked to uh, even I messaged you and said it was Warren going, and I talked to a couple fans that came into Moncton Honda about it about Keegan playing, and I I said like it's just a good feeling to know we got two goaltenders that we can roll out at any point that can get two points, mm-hmm. and I'm not putting this on on Keegan at all, mm-hmm. but. When you're, yeah, you're bang on. When your starter gets 13 shots and the backup and only, you know, eight saves gets pulled, the backup comes in and only gets 14 shots for the rest of the 40 minutes. Yep. There was, there was no adjustment to get more shots on him. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's, that's, that's the one thing that, you know, that I was kind of frustrated, you know, don't piss me off art. 
you know, there was I, there was nothing in that game that that had them. They 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 lost it. You know, they took their foot off the gas, uh, and you know they they basically allowed Charlton back in this game. Yeah, and it was it was it was frustrating to watch. There was uh, I, I think if you ask anybody, they'll say the exact same thing. Is there a plow going by? Oh, it was an airplane. Uh, I was like, I was, <laughs> why is the going by? For, for those watching on YouTube, you'll probably hear, but you'll both see Jeremy and I just kind of have this confused look on our face because we're like, I'm, I'm thinking, do you hear in your headphones what I'm hearing in your, in my headphones? Like, what the hell was that? Yeah, I thought it was a plow, but uh, you know, I had a lot of help with Jack Daniels. <laughs> uh, yeah, you have. Um, I mean, the MCL line again. I don't know how many weeks we're going to come on here and talk about this line, but the. They had seven points in that game. Um, as of right now, in this, in the past four or five games, other than the Ren game where nobody got points, they're like 18 points mm-hmm. for that line. Like, give them top line minutes. Yeah. It's not going to matter, but just put them out as the number one line. And you saw it on, uh, you know, in most of the situations against Charlottetown, they got a lot of, um, they got a lot of repeat, like, double shifting and, and mm-hmm. he kept putting them out there because they just kept putting, putting the puck in, uh, in the net. But yeah, it's, it's just a tough one. We're going to look back on that one and wonder, um, where the points, uh, where the point went. And, you know, you look at that one, you go to Sunday worse. How can they get any worse? Take a look around you. We're at the threshold of hell. It felt like as, uh, Schwinnigan, um, and Max Barbashev come in and get a two, one victory. And, there wasn't Richie said it right on the, the post game, like not good enough. No. I asked him how, what his thoughts were not good enough. Thankfully he didn't drop my $20 USB mic that would have shattered, mm-hmm. but it was basically a, that's, that's exactly how that game was. And I don't know when this team played 60 minutes at home. They do it on the road, but I do not know the last time this crew played 60 minutes at home and that's yeah. becoming a problem. The start times are becoming a problem. They got scored on 20 seconds in against Charlottetown. They weren't ready to go and got outshot 17 to 17 to eight. So math wise, that's uh, not good. Uh, being able to shot 18 to nine in the first period and 17 to eight in back to back home games. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's just not when was the last time they played 60 minutes at home. It's a good question. Um, it, it's tough to really look back at this guy. Yeah, that's the cat. She's sad. I'm like, we could easily <laughs> make this super easy right now. Um, 60 minutes at home. 60 minutes at home. When was the last time they played it? Good question. Yeah. Good question. Like they have stretches, but it's it yeah you're you're right though the start times have not been there. I mentioned that to you right away mm-hmm. at the game against uh, at Schwinnigan. You know it just they were flat, right? Like if a game starts at four p.m. on Sunday, be ready to play at four p.m. on Sunday. Yeah. If the game starts at seven p.m. on a Friday night, be ready to play at seven p.m. on a Friday night. Don't show up at seven twenty. Don't show up at four four thirteen. Be there ready to play. And that's what's, I think they're they're just not there, mm-hmm. right? Um, 
Because is 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 your house on fire, Clark? No, I don't think it is. You know, there's um there's there's plenty of room to to get better here. Um you know, I love riding in cars. <laughs> yeah, I mean who doesn't? Um yeah, I mean Halifax three one. It wasn't sixty minutes. Victoriaville wasn't sixty minutes. Blaineville, they started on fire and then kind of let them back into the game. Bathurst, maybe in October. Mm-hmm. Um, Valdor was the same thing. They got out to a hot start. Mm-hmm. Um, St. John, I mean, Quebec, they had the injuries, so they kind of weren't going there. Um, but, I mean, this is the fourth, third game. I think the third game of four uh, the past four Sunday games, Blaineville, Gatineau, Valdor. I think Blaineville, Valdor, and Schwinnigan were the only three that played on three and three. I think Gatineau had a break in between. And this, like, I I, I truly believe that Gatineau or Schwinnigan was not losing this hockey game for Barbershop. The old put 20 bucks on the pin yeah. uh, in the room, like, we're not losing this game for Max. I, I, I truly believe that. And, and they kind of played it, and... I mean, the Steinman had a penalty shot. They had a goal called back, and they still just couldn't find that next momentum. I mean, they had a five-minute checking from behind. Thank you, Q, for calling that. Mm-hmm. That just should be a standard if you're going to get rid of fighting is what it is. Um, that's been my take all year, whether it's another player or a Moncton player. Five in the game, hitting from behind. You'll see that hit from behind stop being uh, stop being assessed. Yeah. But man, it's so frustrating. They get the five minute penalty. They kill the five minute penalty. Yeah. And can hear a pin drop. Thirty Shawinigan fans are louder in the building than four thousand Moncton fans. And it and maybe that is part contributing to this team not being ready to go at home, not being able to start on time. Maybe it's Maybe we got to take it from the Moncton Magic and everybody stands up, cheers as loud as they possibly can from the puck drop to the first whistle and just gets the energy in the building going. Something, I don't know. Well, when you can't... When the team's not giving you much to cheer about... That's true. It's that's tough. True. It's tough to really give you something to cheer about. like that. But a five-minute kill, that's pretty big. That's pretty big for them. It is. That's one of those momentum things where if the crowd gets going, the guys get going. Now... There was 16 seconds left in the first period when it ended, but still. You you, you go into the dressing room and and you know you that should be the first thing it mentions. You know we just you know we just killed off this five minute penalty. You know we didn't uh, you know we didn't give up anything. It's this is this is our chance to you know to get back in this game, right? Change the momentum. You know as much as Connor Garland, uh, not Connor Garland, excuse me, Connor Trenum. You know, as the as dangerous as the hit was, you know, I'm, I'm sure he didn't want to leave the game that early. You yeah. know, I think the last thing he wanted to say was, you know, eat my road, uh, red liver lips. You know, it's <laughs> yeah. it's uh, it's he's a 20 year old that probably wants to play in that game. Unfortunately, that's not the case. But you know, when you, anytime you kill off a five minute penalty, that should be a bit of moment momentum. Uh, but no, but you finally get a goal. And you can see things are starting to change. The energy comes. Yeah. And then somehow you leave a guy in front of the net all by himself. Yeah. You know, with 17 seconds left in the second period. 
one of those late goals that kills it kills yeah Yeah. kills you you know after you spent you know over 35 minutes trying to score a goal and you get one and you're okay let's go i I actually i honest to god thought that was gonna be the turn the turning point of the game yeah was that collard goal and you know you you go into the second remission tied and you uh, and you come out in third period you know guns blazing Nope. No. That late goal was uh backbreaker. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's just it's almost to a point of welcome to our home. What's mm-hmm. left of it? Um but yeah, they got they got to they got to get a turnaround and and they will. I mean, you you go on the road, you got Bathurst, you got Cape Breton, but before we get to a preview on that, we had a nice little chat with uh with Max um before the game uh on Sunday and uh so we're gonna go to that. Uh, we're gonna go to that chat now. What's up, fat listeners? Welcome in. Uh, Jeremy and I are here with former Moncton Wildcat Max Barbashev uh, of Shawinigan. I guess just uh, how's it been so far this year? What's it like to be back in the Avenir Center this time as an opponent? Yeah, it's been great. It's been great. Uh, I was excited to get to back here. A lot of memories. So just can't wait to start the game. Uh, your first time in Moncton wasn't uh, obviously as a Wildcat. I remember the picture of. Uh, you had the practice at the Coliseum with the brother. Uh, what did it mean to you to wear the Wildcats jersey for for three seasons? It's been, uh, you know, it's been special moment for our family because, you know, I watched my brother when I was little here. I was going to the games and, uh, you know, got drafted here, and it was just a special moment to me to, you know, wear the jersey and play here for Wildcats. So obviously, speaking of your brother, he scored some big goals in the NHL. Um, you scored one of the biggest goals in Moncton in history in recent memory, uh, Game 7 overtime. My poor wife, I almost took her arm out of the socket. I was jumping. I was so excited. The building was loud. You almost took out time in there. Just what was that moment like for you to score such a big goal uh, in a Wildcat jersey um, in a team your brother played for? Yeah, it's been a you know great moment because you know the we had a really tough series. Yeah. How many games we played? Seven games, and five of them was in OT. So it was tough. It just was you know mental health to who's gonna go next, and you know just got lucky that I got a chance to go on the breakaway and score that goal, and just try to you know. Put a monkey from my back. <laughs> Didn't know what to do, but yeah. no, it's been great. It's been a great moment. It's uh, obviously one of the best goals I ever scored in my life. Looking back at the trade to uh, to Shawinigan, uh when did you find out about it, and uh, just your overall thoughts on on the deal? Yeah, I kind of knew that you know the the trade was coming after this season right away because you know uh, as a 20 and uh, input player, it's you know tough to stay in a good team because they obviously they want to get better, but. You know, I guess it, it is what it is. It's hockey. I never know what's going to happen. So it was just, it's obviously sucks when you get traded, but like I said, it, it is what it is. So you're up with Rangers camp and, and into Hartford there. What was that experience like being in the, you know, coming from Little Moncton into New York? I mean, I know you've been to St. Louis and Vegas and stuff like that, but just at, in New York is a whole different world. Um, what was that camp like for you? Yeah, it's been a great experience. Because, you know, when you have a chance to watch uh, pros, you know, playing and see how they work out off the ice, on the ice, it's just, uh, you know, great experience for you. And uh, you just pick up from them a few things and trying to get better. And that's what I try to do, try to, you know, be on my best and uh, to be better, 1% better every day. I look at your off season. Uh, you obviously got to go to Vegas to uh, see a bit of a celebration. Uh, what was that uh, like for you getting to see your brother win another cup and uh, I guess the overall uh, experience in, in Vegas during the uh, parade? Yeah, I was there for second round. I was there since second round playoffs. Uh, watched them play. It's been, you know, great. 
especially seeing your brother winning the <laughs> Stanley Cup. It's just, like I said, it's a special moment for whole family. And, you know, it's a lot of motivation for me to, you know, keep working and maybe one day do the same. Well, obviously, Max, we want to thank you for taking time with us before the game. Um, continued success this year. Maybe not today, but we'll let you get one goal if we win. But, uh, yeah, continued success. This well, we didn't let him get one goal, and uh, we didn't win. So, all in all, it was uh, not bad. But, um, yeah, I really enjoyed our chat with Max. He's a, he's a good kid. And, um, you know, I don't know if you heard, but his brother did play for Moncton. I think I said that about eight times. Yeah, yeah. Might, <laughs> might have, might have uh, mentioned that a couple of times. But, you know, looking at his game on Sunday, I don't want to take anything away from him, but it, it didn't seem like – the Barbashev that we got yeah. to see in Moncton and, you know, you see him, you see him out there on the ice and, you know, the, the first thing that came into my mind is, you know, are you out here for a reason or are you just supporting the family? And it's, I didn't see Max Barbashev on the ice. I just, no, there were little hints of it every now and again, but yeah, there was a couple moments late. I know late in the game where, you know, we had a chance to, maybe get an insurance goal uh, against Simon and got stopped by Simon and had a little, yeah. you know, a little, little word with him. But yeah. uh, I didn't, I didn't see that Barbashev, you know, I no. didn't, I didn't see the max Barbashev that we've seen in Moncton for three seasons. Is that just uh nerves? Is it a, where am I playing? Squirrel. <laughs> Just, I, it, you know, yeah. there was, yeah. nothing was there. Yeah, it's, uh, and how much of it was playing three and three, right? Well, that's like, it, yeah. There's there's that too, but yeah, there was some definite little spots of Max, and just like Schwinnigan was not going to lose this, I'm sure guys that played with him for two years weren't going to let him be a difference maker at home, right? Mm. They were going to they were gonna try and do what they could and, um, you know, do what they could to kind of stop him, but I guess now you look ahead and, You've got Moncton. You've got Cape Breton on Saturday. Um, we're not going to go through each game and preview them, but this team's eight one and one on the road. That's what they do. And and I and I talked about it a little bit ago about how you know they're playing in front of a quiet building, and maybe that's the reason they're not well. You're playing in front of quiet buildings on the road, and and you're and you're getting it done. So I I don't expect them to not come away with four points. But what do you want to see from this from this team? You know when the puck drops in, in Bathurst at uh, at seven p.m. on Wednesday. Yeah, you know that's one. Is it plugged in? Yeah, you know that's that's that's, <laughs> that's what I want to see. You know, I yeah. are they going to start on time? You know, that's what I mean when I say is it plugged in? Start on time. Yeah, you know, uh, let's get going and and get the wheels in in motion here a little bit. And uh, but against uh, you know the Bathurst game, you you don't want to take them too lightly. Because uh, you know that uh, Rollins and and you know Bobby Orr, like those guys can can uh, they're even though it's Bathurst, they're not too far off the scoring lead. You know they're they're up there. Uh, Luke Patterson got a goal. Luke Patterson did get a goal. I yeah. saw that. Finally got the monkey off his back. Yeah. You know he's, he's he's starting to pick up his play ever since we uh, name dropped him on the show. Imagine that. Not a big deal. Uh, that's the thing. You know you've. You can't take these teams lightly. It's Bathurst, you know. Don't don't go in there thinking it's two points. If you get a four-one lead, don't take your foot off the gas. Go make it a seven-one lead, you know. And that's the same thing about Cape Breton. You know, Cape Breton's going to want revenge for for us going in there, 
the first two games of, of the season and, and getting those two wins, they're they're gonna wanna get uh, they're gonna get, gonna wanna get some revenge for 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 those losses. So don't uh don't expect uh, an easy win out of uh, either of these games. No, and we're gonna get Denway back. I wanna see how these lines work. Obviously are you just going to plug the lines in the way you had it before everybody, before the injuries, before Denway and Carrier kind of took off? Um, I want to just look and go, here's the heart. Yeah. I want to see that. Mm-hmm. You look at the Bathurst game, by the time they play, um, Bathurst could be two points behind Moncton. Yep. They're at 20 points right now. They got the victory. It's 22. Um, feeling 22. Mm-hmm. Um, then they play Charlottetown. I mean, they get to that. Sorry, they'll be four points behind, um, behind Moncton. And all of a sudden, they get they're right there with us if yep. if we lose to Bathurst. And mm-hmm. so, I just want to see what this team kind of looks like. I want to see them go back to what they were, and and it might take a bit with the new lines. And and maybe that was a small part of it against Winnegan. You had Lotion come back in his first. You had Carrier come back in his mm-hmm. first. Um, so the lines were a little bit different. Everyone's just kind of trying to find their way, but you know, we're going to get a rested Denway back. So that should be, you should see that top line of Denway, Loshing and Mercier. And just, I want to see what the, the lines together look like. Yeah, no, for sure. It's, it's going to be great to get, uh, Denway back in the lineup. You know, he's got a little bit of a Mississippi, uh, leg count in him, yeah. you know, the mood <laughs> catches him right. He'll grab your leg and just go to town. Yeah. And, uh, that's, that's, you just, it's going to be great to have him back in the lineup. You know, it's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> people are going to start to catch on it like, i know? would really hope so because if they don't catch on they're going to catch on to the very last thing i say <laughs> later dudes yeah. <laughs> uh, all right yeah are you ready for uh for everyone's favorite part of the show oh uh, why not um like you probably expect to see both goaltenders eh? one and one or you just think simon gets both and i kind of like what they're doing you know I they've do. um as much as I might joke around about it, you know, it, it's, you know, that whole prospects game and you never thought, you know, Keegan Warren could play in it. We looked at the amount of goalies that were and up for it and he's got a chance. not a lot of CHL goalies that are on that list. No. So he's got a very decent chance of being one of those four goalies selected for that game. So you got to keep playing him and getting him his, his starts and getting him noticed by yeah. central scouting. Cause I got to say it would be some damn embarrassing yeah. as an organization. If we have a top prospects game in our backyard and we don't have a player from our team in that game. Yeah. And, and at this point, you know, as much as I, want to say that the scouts are sleeping on Alex Mercier, which I think they are. He's had a tough couple of weeks. He he's had a tough couple of weeks. Yeah. And this is the, this is the, this is where you got to start. There was a lot, yeah. And there was a lot of, a lot of scouts at that, um, that Charlottetown game. But yeah, I mean, Keegan's four and two, 3.1 goals against average. He's brought that down since that one game against Drummondville that yeah. nobody showed up. So yeah. we don't even fault that, but yeah, I mean, like I said off the top, I like the fact that we have now two goaltenders that we can roll out. And, you know, we said it earnestly last year. There were some nights where it looked like the team 
play different in front of certain goaltenders. And right now they play the same in front of each goaltender. And yeah. I think that'd be, I think that'd be a very cool story for a 14th round pick who was selected, went to Germany, went to the MHL and now kind of gets himself into the top prospects game. And mm-hmm. like I said, there's four or five goaltenders and the way he's going right now keeps that keeps going the way he is. He has a very good chance of yeah. not just representing the Wildcats as a, well, they hosted the thing. Let's, let's give it to him. Like mm-hmm. actually earning that, uh, earning that opportunity. And yeah, this is where <laughs> Moncton's just getting everything one year too late. Yeah. Prospects Moran. That would have been nice, but obviously Bedard draft first overall pick had to go back to Sherbrooke. We it again. So, um, yeah, like I said, you ready for everyone's favorite part of the show? Yes, I am. Maria Realtor, buy a house from him. Stick tap of the week. Well, Adam, uh, I gotta say, I love it here. What? I love it here. You don't gotta put your coat on to go to the bathroom. <laughs> your yeah. house is always parked in the same place. Yeah, that's true. It you is. Know? It is, yeah. But speaking of that, uh, I grew up in with my grandfather in World War II. Uh-huh. Uh, and so Remembrance Day has always been, you know, pretty special to me. It's it's a day that, um, you know, that we get once a year, uh, but uh, it should always be a day that we, you know, that we remember. And with my daughter in swimming lessons, I was a bit surprised to see that she had swimming lessons on Saturday mm-hmm. with it being Remembrance Day. Right. Because what also was on Saturday was Truth and Reconciliation Day, and those lessons were canceled because of the holiday. Right. Well, they weren't canceled on Saturday. So I was like, okay, you know, we'll, 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 let, we'll let it go. Um, so we went there, and... Her lessons actually start at 11 o'clock, the 11th hour, or the 11th day of the 11th month. No. So I'm like, why? Okay, it's Remembrance Day. It's a holiday. Why are there lessons? So I was kind of, you know, a little annoyed to when I found out that, you know, okay, there's no lessons on the National Day of Truth, Truth and Reconciliation. Which yep. is a holiday. Yep. I understand that. Right. But why is there lessons on Remembrance Day? Especially for a class that begins at 11, 11 a.m. So I went there, and this is where this TikTok kind of comes into play. I was like, this is a... I'm, I'm, br- I'm bringing it back, and I'm just more uh, or less telling the story right now. Got it. So the TikTok is to the staff at the Pat Crosman Memorial Aquatic Center, who are also employees of the Town of Riverview. We show up there, and they say, at 11 o'clock, we're going to blow a whistle, and we're going to do a two-minute moment of silence. And so your class is going to be delayed two minutes for, for that reason. So they actually allowed it, you know, as upset as I was, right. they redeemed themselves. You know, there's that Facebook page, you know, hits and misses. Well, when I saw there was a swimming class on Remembrance Day, to me it was a miss. Yeah. Right? But 
they flipped it around and made it a hit uh, because, you know, they were stopping the parents and the kids from coming into the pool and saying, FYI, at 11 o'clock, we're going to do a two-minute moment of silence. And if they, if there were people that were late, the door was shut. Right. So no one could walk into the pool during the two-minute moment of silence. Uh, which I thought was uh, a really good touch. They really brought it back uh, in, you know, where, where I was going in there, kind of upset, yeah, uh, because that they would, you know, they would still have swimming lessons on Remembrance Day, but they had them canceled on another holiday. So it kind of hit me a little, a little different. Uh, but I'm glad that they took the time to make sure that, you know, when I would have been home doing my moment of silence. Right. I had to be at a swimming pool and they took the time to, you know, still allow myself and and the others to to do the same. Uh so I just wanted to kind of bring that one uh bring that one to the uh to the attention of everybody. I thought it was a really nice touch and uh yeah, so that's for you to the uh Pat Crosman Memorial Aquatic Center staff. The Stick Tap of the Week, sponsored by Eric Murray Real Estate with the Remax Avante team. If you're looking to buy or sell a home in the greater Moncton or surrounding area, make sure to check him out on social media or give him a call at 506-863-8802. Grace, she passed away 30 years ago. It's people that make the difference. Little people like you. That's what you said to him, right? Amen. <laughs> All right, that brings us to the uh, Wildcats. Save the neck for me, Clark. <laughs> God, I really hope people have figured out what we're doing because, man, if it doesn't, they are going, this show has gone off the rails. <laughs> um, yeah, so that brings us to the Wildcast Wildcat of the week. Uh, right now, they've got the, right now until November 20th, they got the buy, buy one spa service, get 40% off, uh, equal or lesser value. Uh, as well, don't forget they've got the loyalty card. When you book nine spa services, you get one free. If you want to take advantage of this, call the book your appointment, 506-830-1224, or book them in person at 1224 Mountain Road. This is going to sound an awful lot like last week. The MCL line was great last week, and again, this week was no different. Um, last week, they had a player that had four goals in, in those uh, three games, and this week, um, they had one that had four goals in two games. Um, hat trick on, on Friday. Um, again, that, that Mueller Lounsbury, like I said in, in the recap, I mean, I think they got 18 points between the three of them in these past four or five games. Um, so your Wildcast Wildcat of the week is number 15, Vincent Collard. And that my friend will do it for this episode presented by Alpha's Appliance Solutions. Don't forget. They've got the Jenner luxury redefined event from now till November from now till December 31st, save 10% when you purchase one, save 15% when you purchase two or three. 20% when you purchase four or save 25% when you purchase five or more eligible Gen Air products in store only. And in store is 25 Halifax Street, Moncton, New Brunswick. There you go. Thank you. Appreciate that. It's, it's a letter confirming your reservation at the Nut House. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> oh, man. This is a fun show. Next, tune in next week. Um, once again, thanks again to the uh, Shawinigan Cataract for allowing us to have a chat with Max Barbashev and, of course, to the head coach of the Rally Molars Nissan Moncton Flyers, 
John DeCourcy for jumping on previewing the tournament and uh, just giving us the time. Don't yeah, forget those uh, those media coordinators, man. Yeah, they. Uh, That's the gift that keeps on giving the whole year. That is the gift that keeps on giving all year. Yep, they are doing an excellent job all uh, all year so far. Uh, don't forget a couple theme nights coming up: November twenty fourth uh, versus the Huskies, Corey Crawford night. So stay tuned. Uh, after we give the Monktonian tickets away, we will have a another like and share post to win two tickets to that game. Mm-hmm. I really hope that building is full because uh, as of Sunday, it looked like a regular fifteen or two thousand sir ish crowd. Yeah. Like it's and it's good we're giving away tickets because you know I can't even afford to be an elf. <laughs> Not after the money you spent uh, on the hop, and then November thirtieth versus St. John, it's hockey fights cancer nights um for jeremy i'm adam see you next week later dudes thanks for listening to another episode of the wildcast podcast follow us on social media at moncton wildcast